Hi, and welcome to the Joey Morales Show. Happy to bring in my good dear friend, DPK, Dan Pfeiffer-Kelly, man. Yep. How's it going, buddy? It's going great, man. Glad to be on. Um, so anybody who doesn't know Dan is probably uh, going to enjoy this episode because he's probably one of the craziest, wildest guys I've ever met. Uh, been a ton of places. I know Vietnam. I know Thailand. I know Hungary. Uh, where else have you been besides this place that we're about to talk about? Um, I've done like, I've been to like 20 some countries now. Um, I spent a lot of time in Asia. Um, I lived in China for a while. Um, I keep telling my friends, like if it was November, 2019 and I went to the Wuhan seafood market and I met a Chinese dude who was going to serve me bat soup, I would have gone to town on it without even thinking twice. Um, obviously that's changed now. Uh, but <laughs> China, so you could have been patient zero is what you're oh, saying. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I'm not, I'm not even kidding. I would have, I would have absolutely eaten that bad soup if, if it was 2019 and I didn't know the risks, but, uh, yeah, that, that, that was, a that was a great experience living over there. Um, I've been to the middle East now twice, um, United Arab Emirates and Oman, um, both, fabulous countries um and then i went to turkey this past year which we'll talk about more when i get into this trip uh that we'll discuss but um been through europe south america colombia peru uh but yeah love it it's my hobby and passion and i'm gonna keep getting after it when the coronavirus finally goes away all right man so we'll go ahead and go into dive into the topic that I brought you on to the great Joey Morales show for, and it's your trip to Chernobyl. Um, I guess my first question is what kind of, what gave you this idea to go to um, Chernobyl disaster nuke town? Yeah. So um, this one came up. So I was like, this was late December last year and I was browsing around trying to figure out, um, I wanted to plan a trip late December, early January, because I had a little bit of vacation left over. So I was looking around for flights, and I saw a good deal to uh, Istanbul, Turkey. And I was like, oh, all right, well, Turkey's a place on my list, which I really wanted to go to. Um, but the the best deal was through Ukraine. So I found a flight through Kiev that was laid over there and then went to Istanbul. Did some more research into Kiev. I had a buddy, one of my really close friends who I've spent a lot of time traveling with, had been to Kiev and he said great things. He also went to Chernobyl, which I knew was there as well. And he also told me great things about it. So it was an insane experience. So I was like, well, why not roll over an extended layover in Kiev, add a couple days to it before I go to Turkey so I can check out Chernobyl, check out Kiev, and then head over to Istanbul. So that's kind of how I planned it out. Flew Air Ukraine or Ukrainian Airlines through from New York City to Kiev. And then I laid over there and got after it in Chernobyl. Um, so was it just you on this trip or did you have like oh, yeah. a crew? Literally, <laughs> yeah. it was just yourself? Yeah, it was solo. So like I was talking to some of my friends who like wanted to go, but like, I, I like solo traveling. Uh, honestly, I think it's kind of refreshing to just be in your own head, pick and choose what you want to do um, without any itinerary um, or out anyone kind of pushing you to do different things. Obviously, I like traveling with groups too. It's a different kind of feel, but um, 
I had never done like an extended, like multi-week solo trip. I'd done some like bits and pieces. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to make this trip completely by myself, see how it goes. Um, and I wanted to go to like a little bit more challenging place, which Ukraine and Turkey, you know, it's a little more than like LA or something. So I kind of wanted to be pushed a little bit. So um, chose chose those countries. That's kind of how it went. How long of a flight was that from, so you had to go Columbus to New York, New York yeah. to... New York uh, to Kiev. So, Kiev. Uh, yeah. So like the, uh, when I, when I look for flights, I usually look at, use a site called Skyscanner or Google flights to find good deals. Um, and the cheapest flight I found was out of New York city. Um, and every other flight was ridiculous. Like too much money that I don't want to pay it. I usually like paying to go to Asia between like 600 to 700 800 range but if you're booking last minute you don't want to pay more than a thousand probably like 800 900 last minute i found it 800 bucks round trip about 800 850 i think it was round trip from new york i need to get some maintenance work done on my car so i drove out drove out to new york parents picked up my car got to jfk from there and flew out <clears throat> but flight was about eight hours direct so it wasn't too bad. Well, that's not too bad, I guess. I mean, considering like even what like uh, to LA, it's like from you is like five hours, I think, right? Like four, yeah, it's four like five, five hours. hours. But direct flights aren't too bad. You sit back, fall asleep. I just hate when you get into like six hour layover, four hour flight. And yeah. Yeah. I had that when I came back from Thailand. It was like, yeah. let's see, an eight hour layover in Bangkok then like a tw- uh, 11 hour layover in uh, Japan, Osaka. And to this day, I really wish I would have gone around in Japan and done stuff, yeah. but I, I just was so tired after like, it was like a three week trip that I was just spent, but yeah. All right. So an eight hour trip there straight flight, that's pretty good for 800 bucks. Like that's yeah, it wasn't too bad. That's not bad actually. Um, but, uh, yeah, for, for the deal, for the flight that it was, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't too bad, but so then how many days did you have in Ukraine? So I had three days. I, I got in. So like, honestly, initially I heard the clubbing scene in Ukraine too was wild. So I was like, I want to go experience the party atmosphere there. Cause obviously Turkey's an Islamic country. So I was going to go on my cleansing in Turkey and burn <laughs> my liver in Kiev. So I um, landed at about like Friday. I, the flight landed. It was super convenient. Thursday night flight landed Friday at like 4 PM in Kiev went straight to the straight to the hostel bar I booked some party hostel that I found online in hostel world um and then I I spent the weekend there so Friday Saturday Sunday Friday Saturday Sunday Monday flew out late Monday night but had like a full three days there but yeah showed up Friday night went straight straight to the club and yeah partied all night <laughs> and of course, yeah, I gotta actually. Wait, so what's a what's a party hostel? So so on host hostel world is like my go to site for finding like hostels with like good social atmospheres where you can meet cool, interesting people. Um, and you can literally search on their site like party hostel or like even the top rated ones. Like you just go through, read their reviews, and you can get a sense of the atmosphere that they have. Some of them are like more lax, like sit sit around, quiet. But I was looking for the one that's like, we've got happy hour at like six, happy hour all night, shot, free shots, hostile bar, 
and like they'll usually advertise it. To be honest, um, the more well-known travel places like v- Vietnam, Thailand, and Europe, a lot of places in Europe will have like very top tier party hostels like Budapest I've heard is ridiculously good party hostels, but like depending where you go, like depending on more popular is you can find them more easily, but huge fan if you're into it. But honestly it gets, gets to be a lot after like a day or two of it, but I highly recommend it. You meet awesome people. You have a great time, go out. So. Okay. So you're in your party hostel uh, for three days. Now, how did you book the, trip to Chernobyl and like what is that like because I imagine it's going to the shadiest motherfucker possible and just giving him hard cash and telling you to take him you to Nuketown so it's actually pretty frequently visited by tourists now it's like it's very easy to get there there's tour operators all over the place online so what I did is I, I looked online on TripAdvisor and googled around some reviews for a good tour operator for Chernobyl and I found one uh, that had a handful of good reviews. Um, but to be honest, I'll, I'll get into it a little later. I, I honestly wish I didn't book it in advance because the if I waited till when I showed up, I could have shopped around a little more and asked people to find the right experience that I was looking for. Um, it's not that my tour was bad. It was just that um, like it was very well done but there are some rules and regulations that are in place in the Chernobyl exclusion zone, um, including not allowed to enter buildings um, anywhere on the site, but there are certain tours you can go on where you can enter buildings. And originally I was trying to do a two day tour with this organization where I knew I could get into some buildings um, on one of the days. Cause I wanted wait, to- Wait, wait, and stay the night? Yes. Have you not seen the movie Chernobyl? I mean, we're going to get into this later, but have you not seen the movie Chernobyl Diaries? I actually, I haven't actually, but I totally want to stay right there. I heard it's super eerie. You get up in the morning, no one's there. Um, But yeah, you can go into all these, all sorts of cool buildings, rooftops and stuff like that, which I didn't get to do, unfortunately, but which is why I need to go back there again, which I'll make happen. Um, if I do go back two days, honestly, one day is not even enough. I would highly recommend spending at least two days there. It's such a unique atmosphere, but really tons of tourists, very easy to book, straightforward, not sketchy. That In terms of the whole booking process and like organization of my tour, it was professional, like absolutely professional. Like So did you need like any government papers? Were there like, did you meet government officials as you're entering? Yeah. Like, what yes. is that like? Like, does a guy just yeah. bribe them and pay them off or something like in the movies? I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I have no idea. So you, you show, you basically get into the tour bus. It's like an hour and a half, two hour drive North of Kiev show up. It's a, uh, to go there to book your tour. When, when you book the tour, the, um, agency that you work with uh, gets all your documentation. You give them your passport number, ID, everything else. They government takes it, they process it, and get you like a paper, a permit, um, and then you it's like a feed permit for that day. So you're permitted to enter. If I was two days, they give you a two day permit, one day, one day permit, um, and they know when you enter enter the uh, exclusion zone. So show up military guards everywhere they check your paperwork see everything um and then you go through multiple uh radio metric screening checkpoints um there is a few exclusion zones inside of chernobyl there's um like the um 
30 mile. Well, there was first a 50 mile zone. They've opened that up now. So it's 30 miles and then the five mile zone, I believe, which is the closest zone to the reactor, which they call that the death zone. Each zone, you got to go through a military checkpoint. You go through a radiometric screening. It's this weird device where you just put your hands up and it scans you. You, have, you wear like a chip uh, that detects radio radiation the whole time you're there. Uh, when you arrive, they give it to you. Oh, so they give you like a Geiger counter, basically? That... Yeah, it's basically a Geiger counter, but they'll give you, uh, you get a separate Geiger counter, like literally one you walk around with where you can like go up to stuff and see what's radioactive. As, as Was it going radioactive. off like a good amount? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like it, we, so like the, I forget the unit, it's like micro rumble is the unit the, of like radiation. So your average dose per year, per year, uh, is about like three. It's um, wait, sorry, it's Ronkin. We'll get into Ronkin, this. Ronkin, it's Ronkin. That's from another show. Did you see the? We'll you know, we'll talk about it later. Yes, yes, I did. I did. Okay. I did see okay. that one, and I saw it after I booked my flight. Actually, I was like, oh, I guess I'll watch the show. Ronkin. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I forget the, the terminology, but anyway, yeah, it was Ronkin, and the average dose per year is like three micro Ronkins per year. And we held up. We got this Geiger counter. They she took us to a spot in the uh, exclusion zone where a lot of the areas that are open where there weren't a lot of trees she took us to this old port like this abandoned port and we held it up to the dirt there and it was flagging like 40 micro micro ronkins per hour or something like that so it was like it's giving you like more than 10 times the dosage times an hour that you're supposed to get in a yes. year 10 times dosage an hour jesus dan my hand was there for like a second so they, they said, like, the biggest risks there are if you, like, touch the dirt. Anything you get on your hands is contaminated uh, with radiation. So you got to wash your hands vigorously. Um, and there's stray dogs there, too, that have lived there their whole life. They've got radioactive isotopes in their bones, but they're, they're so sweet. And, of course, I pet them because I'm I mean, I oh my bad. god! They came up you're, to you and just like are we, your shit's just gonna fall off one day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So you mentioned that um, you mentioned that you took this like big tour bus. So I guess my question is because you said there's like it's, and I guess it makes sense that the government does that because people would just break in anyway. Oh, so you yeah. might as well set up checkpoints, have yep. a permit, have a fee, have it very structured and roughly organized so you yeah. can and get some tax revenue from oh, it too they it, make it makes a lot yeah, yeah i bet they do um uh, so like how many was in your tour bus were there like multiple tours like yeah. one oh, after yeah. another There's... was it like full like lincoln museum or something like over here yeah like... yeah <laughs> there is a lot of tourists that go there now um i went in the winter months which is uh a little bit less um than in the summer but um there was probably on my group, there was probably 12 people total um, on my tour group. So we, um, yeah, 12, 12 people probably in my tour group. Total tours, there were maybe like 25 to 30 tours there, each with like 12 people that day. But they spread out enough. It's a huge area that you can spread out enough that you're not always running into people when you're there, which is kind of nice. Uh, there were certain areas where you would see like, 30 to 40 people walking around in certain areas uh, like the ferris wheel we saw like 
40, 50 people there. I got really lucky that I got there before there was a group that showed up. So I got like a nice shot of it. I think they coordinate together too pretty well. So they're not all in the same spot so that you have some place to space to walk around where it's not too crowded. It was straight out of COD 4 though. It was literally like I, I was – I played the COD 4 campaign as soon as I got back, and I was like, holy fuck, I was at this Ferris wheel. Like, right at the spot where you're, like, at this Ferris wheel fighting off all these guys that come in. Oh, yeah, it was great. It was straight out of Call of Duty. So you said the uh, the dogs were pretty nice. and. Oh, yeah. um was there anything like weird with like the plants? Like, cause I remember like, at least in the show, like the grass, I think like turns red or like dies or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So now all the animals are normal. The, the dogs they've done like a lot of health studies on cause they've been there for so long to see if they have birth defects. A lot of them like are reasonably healthy actually. Um, the most common death is just, they die of cold because it's, they get really cold winters up there, which is pretty sad, but for the most part, all the animals are healthy. There, there is an area called the Red Forest, which is where you're referring to, where the, the bark turned red because of how radioactive the, the chemicals coming off of the plant were. Um, like I think iodine and cesium, I, I forget the actual, actual um, isotope, but it stained the barks all red. They cut all these trees down and buried them underground, but the Red Forest remains one of the most radioactive areas in all of Chernobyl the entire exclusion zone and they you're not allowed to go in there uh, they drive you through it I have some videos on my phone when we were driving through the area uh, but you can't go in there um, honestly now you you might be okay walking around but if you were gonna like lay in the soil for an hour I wouldn't recommend it <laughs> like not a good idea but like Oh, Dr. Dan giving his thoughts after <laughs> petting dogs with radioactive isotopes and shoving his hand down pipes and stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, the, the Ferris wheel is probably the most iconic picture or yeah. shot from there. I'm glad you got definitely got a picture there. Um, did you see like the bumper cars? That was like the yes. one other thing. You yeah. saw those too? Okay. All the bumper cars. The one, the one thing that I really regret not seeing, and this is where it comes into going to the buildings, is the swimming pool. Yeah, yeah, from, from Co I mean, COD 4, like, literally, I would yes. want to, like, walk yes. the same, like, path that you Exactly. Do. That's why it's bullshit. Yeah. I need to go back there and go to that <laughs> fucking swimming pool. That's my biggest regret. Didn't so that one, so that's real, too, the swimming pool? Oh, yeah. There's like an I was right near the building where it's in, but we didn't go to see it. The swimming pool is super iconic spot there, um, and unfortunately, I couldn't see it. There's also some really good spots, some rooftop spots that I read about online where you can get shots of, like, I'm into photography, so, like, I wanted to get, like, full shot of all of Pripyat with, like, the Ferris wheel in the background, and I never got that, or, like, the buildings and the, the uh, power plant and everything else, um, but I got, you got real close to the power plant. I was probably within, like, 20, 30 feet from the plant itself, um, which is cool, um, but yeah, we'll go back there again and I'll get the two day trip and get to go into all the buildings. Hopefully. Yeah. So, uh, I guess there probably wasn't much that freaked you out considering you wanted to go or no. now you still want to do a two day trip. So, oh, yeah. um, so where, where, where do you stay if you do do the two day trip? I think there's like a hotel there cause they, they have, uh, workers there who work there full time because it's not completely abandoned now. Like there's people constantly managing the radiation levels in the power plant, still disposing of nuclear waste. Um, 
Well, yeah, because like, isn't it right now? There's like a giant metal um, dome. Yeah, like dome, yeah. and it like yeah. costs like billions of dollars to like put this thing over. And yeah. it, doesn't it have like a crane inside? And it, yeah. they use like night vision to like slowly disassemble like everything. I mean, that's yeah. the last I saw um, that they were doing. I don't know if something has changed since then, though. Yeah, I th that's th honestly, I, I'm not gonna go too much in the specifics of inside of it because I don't know off the top of my head, but I do know that they put the dome in there. It was extremely expensive. I think it's like one of the heaviest man-made objects in, ever built to enclose the entire old uh, decaying radioactive um, or basically decaying shell that they initially made after the explosion. Um, but they are working in there full time and I think disassembling it and disposing of nuclear waste. They've talked about some risk too that there's a hyper radioactive spot in there called like the elephant's foot, which is one of the most radioactive spots on earth. It's the melted core of the reactor that's still sitting in there. Um, and they got a picture of it, I think in the nineties of what it looks like. You can even look it up online, but um, that's still sitting in there and they're afraid that that's going to decay to dust and that dust will release into the air. So that's like the risk now, but given where they're at with the enclosure, it's pretty safe and stable for the time being, but that's what they brought up as one of the most dangerous things still there. Um, now I'm not going to go go around and say that like, I wasn't not a little bit nervous at times. I read from what everything I read online, they said you'd be completely safe, nothing to worry about. But like when you've got the Geiger counter in your hand and it's buzzing off, it's, it's a little bit terrifying. It, it, it's not, like, oh, it's so cool. We're going to go walk around Chernobyl and play Call of, Call of Duty 4. It was, it was kind of a horrifying place. Like, it, it was emotional. It was, it was a lot. It was, like, very heavy. Um, fascinating. Like, nothing like you will ever see anywhere on Earth. Because, um, like, the scale of the city is, like, what I didn't realize, like, from what I saw online. Like, this, this city is enormous. It is, like, like, you're driving through these huge apartment complexes left and right, like, just covered in trees it was yeah yeah because like if you go on at least when i tried like looking on google maps like it's really hard to like see the city because it's so you know the the trees have grown up or grown and like it's the vegetation has yeah. kind of covered a lot of like things so it's it, to me like when i was like trying to look at google maps i was like man it doesn't really seem that that big but then yeah. you see these pictures that be like like you're talking about that people post you're like wow this looks huge yeah but I mean, yeah, 50, like the like the mission says, fifty thousand people, man. That that's a that's a big city. Definitely not small. Yeah, yeah. That's what was kind of a, like shocking about it was why it was it was just caught caught me off guard when I first got there. But yeah, it was yeah, it's something else. Like it, it really is. Um, and he still wants to go stay in a hotel in there. Oh yeah, I totally would. <laughs> yeah, you eat lunch in there too. They they've got like a nice cafeteria area. Uh, they take you in, take you to this like upstairs. You go through like a, another screening thing. They make sure you're not radioactive, no residues on you, and then sit and wash your hands really well. Like, oh, make sure you wash your hands, get all off. But I mean, these people though, they they work there full time, and like these guides, they go in there every single day, sometimes all summer. But they have like cycles of like three week on, three week off, where they're not there full time, so they're not exposed, but um they like they've done like tests to make sure people who are working there are still healthy and like for the most part every 
these guys are. So, and that's why they say online a lot of the health risks are are like if you if you really want to jack yourself up there, it's pick up the soil, rub it around, and eat it, and then you'll you'll get yourself some radioactive poisoning. But like other than that, for the for the most part now, it's a lot safer um, and safe to visit, deemed safe to visit. So. Um. Yeah, sure. you go ahead. <laughs> no, sorry. I was just going to. So we talked about Modern Warfare too. I'd say that's probably where most, at least of like our age, kind of knew Chernobyl. Um, yeah. And then the show on HBO came out, and I thought it was a phenomenal show. Oh, I thought man, it was like great. the perfect length. Uh, the episodes are really long, but it was like yeah. I think it was only like six episodes, and I thought it wasn't like one too long, too short. Like it was a it was a perfect amount to. Um, you know, just show like what happened, show like the fallout of it. Uh, I thought it was a phenomenal show. That's funny that you watched it literally as you were basically about to fly over there. Though. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I watched it after the fact, like there's a lot of people who watched the show and like, Oh, I wanted to go to Chernobyl. For me, it was like, I booked a flight to Chernobyl or to Turkey. And I was like, well, I guess I'll go to Chernobyl and I guess I should watch the show that people are talking about. I was like, wow, this show is really good. It was great. And you learned, I learned a lot. Like it taught you a lot about the whole disaster before going there, which was nice. So it's a lot cooler once you know about it before you go there. Um, yeah. The final uh, popular reference that I wanted to bring up was Chernobyl Diaries. And I teased this earlier. So basically in the movie, these people take like a sketchy van and they go through like this back route, you know, into Chernobyl and start walking around and feeding the dogs and like walking in the buildings. Um, and then it's like, they're about to basically they park their van, like go into like some apartment and they come back out and the car, like the battery's gone or something like that. And they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and they get like attacked by you'll, you'll never see this movie cause it's really terrible. And I, for some reason watched it on a sh shitty night but anyways um then they get like attacked by like the zombie race so <laughs> next time next time you stay there yeah definitely maybe watch that movie so that way you know, oh, i would uh, watch it before i go scare the shit out of people yeah. all right man well i think that's like all i got for this trip i mean any other thoughts really that you had just kind of while yeah, well, <laughs> there is one funny story about it too is i, I mentioned you guys that i was uh clubbing a lot when i was there so my bus to chernobyl was supposed to leave at seven so i got i got hammered out of this club till like four or five in the morning i think it was like 5 a.m and i was like you know i'm just gonna try to sleep like an hour and then i'll get up i swear to god i set my alarm but oh no I didn't. and i have here i have like eight phone calls from my guy like what the fuck where are you i almost missed it and she was like, we're leaving, uh, come to this gas station and meet us here. So I hustled over, got an Uber and Ubered up to this fucking gas station, like north of Ukraine or Kiev. And then they, uh, the guy met me there because they were filling up gas and I got lucky. I literally almost missed the whole thing. Yeah, because I mean, did you even have cell service while you're Ubering up there? No, like, I didn't. No, so you just you just Ubered up there, I mean, hoping you. Yeah, you're, I was oh just like, I hope you submit, and then if not, I'll have to ask some Ukrainian guy to call a cab to get me back. And not like, n not many people spoke English there, so it was. I mean, some people did. It wasn't that bad. Like, no, no wonder you like uh, traveling alone. Jesus oh, yeah. Christ! Yeah, I love getting into these situations. I like being a little on edge. It's, it's good. 
But, like, even then, like, regardless, even without the whole Chernobyl thing, Ukraine is lovely. Like, just absolutely great. Like, the people are super friendly. Kiev is a cool city. Um, it's got a culture and, like, vibe to it, which I really like. And the women are fucking gorgeous. <laughs> I'm not going. It is, it is the most – it could be the most attractive city I've ever been to in my life. Like, insane. It was – outlandish how how gorgeous the girls were um yeah it was a great time though met some awesome people when i was there um uh so yeah so i saw your uh hot uh air balloon uh your hot air balloon pictures from turkey those looked pretty beautiful uh so yeah go ahead and talk about that trip and then right before this i know you said you're gonna go to uh, India. So I guess maybe a little brief, like what's in the, what's in the yeah. works for your next trip. So, uh, Turkey was fabulous. Also different experience, obviously than Chernobyl. Um, and what I, I really liked about Turkey was I got a, like a little taste of everything, like history, nature, culture, food, cuisine, cuisine there was fabulous. And don't get me wrong. I think the cuisine in Ukraine is subpar. I'm not going to rave about beets and potatoes, but, um, Turkey, the food is fabulous. Uh, went out to this area in central Turkey called Cappadocia. That's where the uh, hot air balloons are and stunning, just sunrise. It snowed the night before. So snow covered the ground and it's pretty high altitude. So it's a mountainous region. There's a volcano in the horizon. It was just stunning. Um, and then I'm, I'm a bit of a history buff. So I went over to the coast by the Aegean Sea near Greece. And I went to a bunch of like Greek, old Greek and Roman ruins, Roman cities. Um, and I went to, uh, Turkey in the winter is, they call it the off season, but it's like 60, it's like between 50 and 60 degrees. So I thought it was warm compared to here. And uh, there's literally no tourists. So I was just exploring these Greek ruins completely alone, just walking, crawling all over them. And it was super cool, um, gorgeous. And again, the people were also really friendly. They really liked chai tea, drank a lot of chai tea. And yeah, (laughs) just screwed around. People people spoke pretty good English there. Um, then Istanbul was cool too. Um, but yeah, that was a really nice, that, that was the bulk of my trip, which was fabulous. Um, and then obviously, uh, always looking for more. So next up is, um, obviously when the COVID-19 thing ends is, uh, I want to head to Sri Lanka, uh, in India. Um, I've heard some great things about both. Um, I like nature and wildlife, which Sri Lanka's got. I want to see a tiger in the wild. Got to get a photograph of one. That's one of my life goals is to find a tiger in the wild and photograph it. So, yeah, I want to – and I've heard it's cheap as shit to travel. Weird culture, just bizarre, great food, and, like, pretty challenging, too, where I'm not – it's not going to be easy to get around. Like, I like – I mean, when I say challenging, I don't want to be – I don't go to countries where I feel like my life's going to be at risk. I do – careful and meticulous planning and use basic precaution. Uh, I'm going to stop you right there. Uh, I think you do like being at least like at like a 1% risk, sir. Yeah, I would say that a little bit. I mean, I don't like, let's no see. Fucking let's risk. <laughs> I don't like to go to sit on a beach and be handed uh, ice cream. Like my ideal vacation is like being challenged a little bit. Like where I'm like, yeah, like where I, I show up in a city don't know what's going, don't, no one speaks the same language. 
don't know where to eat, ask, ask people food, 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 and they point you to the restaurant and they go in there and there's friendly people who have never seen Western tourists before and they're just super excited to have you there. They're like, oh my God, it's a white person. Oh shit. And like, it's just the best feeling. People treat you Is so that nice. Donovan McNabb? He's yeah, got an Eagles people, jersey like, on. People in China thought I was a fucking basketball player. I told them like, yeah, I'm in the NBA. And they believe it. I'm not like 5'10". Like, I'm not even tall. There was a handful of people who thought I was in the NBA. But, yeah. I, I mean, to be fair, though, the places I've been, I've never once been like, I feel like my life is at risk. Like, I've never been like, people are just going to kill me. Everywhere I've gone, people have been friendly, eat, like, helpful, caring. Like, I, I don't know. The, the places where I'd be petrified is, like, rural Iraq or Afghanistan. Even then, like, if someone told me you want a free flight to – Afghanistan, I would maybe do it. Yeah, I don't think I'd be going rolling into Mogadishu or uh, <laughs> Fallujah anytime soon. But I'd say, yeah, probably like honestly, Mexico. Like as sad as that is, is probably the most dangerous place. Yeah, that oh yeah, there's I'd some areas in Mexico that are not safe at all. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm all with you there. That like, the I mean, I've been to Vietnam, Thailand, and Indonesia, and like the people there just love you. I mean, oh, love yeah. you without even knowing you. Mo- you know, mostly because you bring them money, which brings them yeah. food and <laughs> helps them survive. But hey, man, I bring, I get, I give people my business all the time, and they don't love me anywhere near as those people. Yeah. Um, you. you go to your local hood in like Philly, where I grew up. Go to the hood in Philly. It's not safe at all at night at all. Same thing. You don't want to walk around at night there. Same type of stuff applies to you. Go to the hood in New Delhi, India. You don't go there. Yeah. You know what neighborhoods are nice. You can figure it out on Google. So. All right, man. Well, it's been glad to have you on. Uh, Dan Pfeiffer Kelly, DPK, AKA, honestly, uh, the most interesting man in the world that I've met. Um, I have definitely more stories to bring up later. We'll definitely have you back on to talk uh, more travel uh eating things which i know you can uh, always talk about Uh, sports too we can talk yep 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 Uh, whenever those come back jesus christ uh but yeah uh follow us on itunes at the joey morales show and on youtube at the same name um feel free to send in any topics that you want us to talk about whatever you guys got uh so for dan i'm joey see you later folks later